Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Today we speak with Vincent Algar, who is the MD of Australian Vanadium. They're a small 30 million market cap company on the ASX who are developing their vanadium asset. They have a number of JVs, LOIs, agreements and partnerships in place. And we speak to Vincent about how he hopes to advance this project through to the completion of a DFS. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Vincent. How are you? Or good afternoon in your case. I'm very good, thanks, Matthew. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Now, we haven't spoken since July. Um, a few things have been happening since then, so big. Great to catch up with you, but let's kick off with a one-minute uh, summary for people new to the story, and we'll pick it up from there. Okay, great. Um, Australian Vanadium, it's a listed on the Australian Stock Exchange under the code of, a, of AVL. Uh, we're currently developing a primary vanadium project in Western Australia um, with the view to coming into production in the next two or three years. Two or three years, right. And I think since we met, you raised a little bit of money in September. Why? Yes, yes, we did. So we um, we came September came around. Uh, we were looking to um, we saw an opportunity in the marketplace. Uh, we decided to go back to our shareholders with a share purchase plan. Uh, during the course of our share purchase plan, a uh, piece of work that we laid out, which was to apply for uh, federal government recognition as a major project, came through during the middle of the capital raise mm -hmm. uh, of the SPP. Uh, the market really liked it. Our shareholders liked it, and. Uh, they stepped up quite significantly, raised five and a half of the six and a half through the shareholders with quite a big uptake rate. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's not bad. So, so tell us about that. So why, why, why did people get excited? So we were given a federal government, the federal government here in, West, uh, in Australia, the federal government as opposed to the state government, um, has recognition for projects over around the $500 million Aussie mark. Uh, we fell into that category in terms of overall capital and spend. And including the job application, the job side, which is around 300 jobs full time. It's a resource project that's in the critical middle space. Um, and they, we put an application about six months earlier, so probably about June, July last year. They evaluated us and they gave us the status. The status itself really rang a note with the, with the investor community of our shareholder base, indicating you know that the project had legs to go and that the recognition was something important. And it drove a lot of volume on the day. It also drove a lot of uptake in the share purchase plan. But you're, I mean, if I just look at you from when we last spoke, which was July through to, to now, you, your share price is roughly the same. Market cap is roughly the same. You've been busy though, but no one's listening. Yeah, very busy. It seems, no one's listening, no, or no one seems to care about it, um, which, which I don't really understand because you seem to be ticking all of the boxes. What do you think is going on? Look, I think, I think there's a number of factors at play. I remember we, a lot of people who became interested in the vanadium space did so on the back of what they'd never known as a commodity, which had then risen out of the ashes of, of 2014-15, which is where vanadium was about 2 or $3 a pound. It then rose up into uh, what people love in the market was a little screaming, running, darling of, of, of vanadium, getting up into the $20 market. A lot of people came into the market at that stage and then they saw the market come off drastically. And they obviously put that put that one away and said, okay, well, I'm not going to go to play in Vanadium again until some other fundamental change. Now, we're now sitting at six, seven dollars again. And so remember we've gone from two dollars to twenty dollars back to six. 
But and we're now going to be looking at that long-term view. We have that the Vanadium price should be between six and ten dollars, or eight to ten dollars, for the foreseeable. Now that's what we base our work on. But I think the investing public comes in and goes, "It was on a run. We liked it, and now it's not." So, but but the big change is what happens to this as a critical commodity and as a battery commodity. So um, that's what's changed, I think, in the last few months. Uh, the price has started to recover and there is a bit of life out there. But I think that if you say that lack of a movement in the capital value of the project is sitting like that, especially with the general investor, uh, especially the retail investor here in Australia. Remember, we've got 6,700 shareholders. Mm -hmm. That's quite a large number, very broad spread. Um, our top 50 uh, our top fifty shareholders only own about 35, 40% of the company. So a lot of long tail in our, in our, in our investor base and they need a, a moving uh, market to drive it, I think. But what, what does a moving market mean? Because, you know, you talk about the Vanadium price, you know, went from three to 20 and back down, well, it went back down to three and that's back up towards the seven mark. But again, you're not getting any credit or you haven't seen any bump in your market cap or share price with Vanadium moving from three back up to seven. Do people not understand the vanadium market? Do you think your shareholders don't understand or the market doesn't understand? Because normally when there's a movement in the commodity price, you sort of see some of the companies see the benefit of that. Is that just due to the stage you're at or the fact that people don't get your story? Look, I think I think the stage of the project has something to do with it. People know we've got a large capital cost ahead of us. But we have to deal with that. Uh, they look at the market cap and they say, well, how's this company going to fund their project? So there's that stasis. I think the recognition comes with external uh you know external recognition so when i mentioned to you before we we raised that money we were trading at about i think we we were trading at one three or one four we decided to do the raising at a slightly discounted price uh the vanadium price is still quite low then uh, but we managed to the external recognition drove a lot of volume and a lot of a lot of investment in the story and subsequent announcements we've made since then have driven quite good volume trading in the stock and we did that raising at 1.15 cents, and we've been trading today around 1314, which actually have lifted off that base. So it's not, it's not uh, significant. It's significant for the people who invested at that price, but it's not back where it was. But we, we, we are aware of other places. We look at Bushfeld's price, we look at Ligo's price, as good, our benchmarks, if you like, in this space. Those are the people we wanna be. They're both in production. Our target size, production size is very much around that. And one's got a market cap of 250, but uh, and if you spoke to Fortune as you have, you know that he thinks that market valuation is also too low. LIGO was 1.2, 1.3 billion Canadian, probably sitting around 900, 900 million. That's a big producer. It's also got a slightly low value. So we, we're in that terrible zone of having to deal with our growth plan and our capital. Um, so I think we've got to, once we get external validation for that from either funds or from banks or from, um, Offtake partners, that'll start to change the valuation, and that's our objective for the year. So, how, how are you going to go about doing that? So, if I look at, sorry, let me just quickly on Largo. Obviously, Largo's had a bit of a knockback, and I think that's more to do with internal issues rather than market issues. Would, would you agree? Um, I, I can't comment on that, but um, you know, they, they've met their production uh, guidelines and they've got to deal with a uh, ending, a termination of an offtake agreement. So, there's complexity there but I'm not going to comment too much on so maybe let's let's talk about some of the things you've done since since July and then I want to get to, to, to the rub, rub of it okay so you've got you're funded now through to DFS 
So by that, just I want to understand the wording completely, is you're funded to get yourself to start a DFS or to complete a DFS? We funded through to getting our work done on the DFS to start to bundle it up to, to final numbers, yep. You'll be funded through to a complete D DFS. You will have a DFS. I wouldn't say complete. Right, okay, so that's I what wouldn't I'm... say we'd be funded through to a complete DFS. We'd be funded through to completing all the party bodies of work that require that um, to be to be put in a box. But if we could, I'd be lying if I said that I'd get all the way there with the funds I've got, that would be totally honest. And if you try to wiggle me out of that, I'd be honest to say, no, I wouldn't be. Yeah. But I'd get a long way there with the funds I've got. No, okay. No, I, 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 and the reason, and then I'll, I'll explain in a second why the reason, mm -hmm. one of the reasons behind that is we've taken particular care over our pilot study and that is really where, where we've been uh, spending time and effort because we look at the, we look at the legacy of, of project failure, not only in, um, around, not only starting with Windermere, but looking at other projects, slow projects, startups, be they gold, uh, copper projects and other things. We are very weary of doing the wrong thing here. And we, we want to make sure that we get this right. We've also got some really good opportunities to optimize this project. So we're taking that opportunity to do Okay, so well, so let's, 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 let's go through that list of things that you're, you're going to be doing with the money you've got today to get you through to wherever that gets you through to. So you, know, yep. we, you, you talked about relocation studies for the processing plant. Um, yep. you've, got a, you've got a pilot study we've, on the pyrometallurgical component with 30 million tonnes. Um, what else is happening? What are the things that you're going to be delivering to allow you to provide information which contributes towards the DFS? Okay, so there's, there's two main things that help us with the technical side. Um, our, our objective is to optimize the operating cost to be as low as possible. So right. we want to compete with that LIGO and Bushville operating cost because we know that those guys have kept the doors open for, for all the ups and downs of the pricing. So absolutely working on the target of that. And I think we've got, we've done, we've shown technical work that supports that. The other side is to optimize the capital cost. So um, the capital cost is a hard uh, bone to chew for, for uh, the junior investor in particular. So they need to be able to see that we can optimize the capital. So those are our main focuses right. for our research work. But, but explain to people why. So you've got a capital cost at the moment currently around 350 million bucks. Is, is that right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. And um, you want to, when you talk about optimizing, the end game here is to get below $4. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So where are you with that? Okay. So remember, you, you remember we decided we were going to, or we, we put out there that we'd taken an option on on land nearer to the coast. Yeah. But so this is the fundamental underlying uh, opportunity for us to to move our operation center, our processing plant, closer to gas, where the gas price here in Western Australia is much, much closer to the spot gas price, and we have access to that cheap gas. Right. So just to give an example, I'm going to use seven terajoules a day of gas uh, to, to make my vanadium. Um, if I was stayed, if I stayed in the country, I would be using paying eight dollars for that gas. If I move it closer to the uh, coast, I'm paying three dollars for that gas. So you can see how that might have a direct impact on the operating cost. Um, the other thing is we've discussed our pelletizing work and our innovation around that. So it's a conventional, well understood process. It just hasn't been applied uh, to a primary vanadium project upfront. It's been done with iron ore. It's been done with many other things. Technology exists and it's well understood. So that in particular has an opportunity to reduce the gas consumption overall. 
So again, if we can achieve a 30% gas consumption reduction, in addition to the lowering of cost, you can see how we started, we're already at $4 and a bit, we'll bring that down. And the third thing is for us to uh, benefit from selling of the calcine product, because many of the other players in the vanadium space, just by way of our competitors, Ligo and Bushveld, they are landlocked and the sale of their iron calcine is not straightforward to them because they're not near a port. So if we're near a port, we can take advantage of that. The sale of that calcine, any margin on that will help us reduce our operating cost further. So we're in a position here in the West, in Western Australia, where we've got good access to large volumes of domestically protected gas mm -hmm. and strong political will to support a project of our size. And we can drive our economics in such a way that we are in a really good position cost-wise. Okay, so how long does all that take? When are you gonna be able to tell the market that you've, you're getting below this $4 number? I'm hoping, and I'm hoping, I'll be honest about that, we can put all that in a bundle, in an in a updated PFS sort of form, or at least a updated economic number uh, around in the next two to three months, where we can outline exactly how this lines out. And, and, the, and that'll come from the result of our test work from our different pilot. You mentioned this, the scale of the pilot, those results will all be in. We'll have a new process flow diagram. We can actually bundle it all together. Right, and so this is you, you haven't have you yet released a PFS, or is this? We released a PFS on the base case up on the mine site, so everything up there. Right. So, but this what are you going to do? Are you going to up? Are you going to update that before you move on to a feasibility study? Yeah, it, it's basically resetting the base case to this new scenario, and we can we can we can use that to show where the capital lands and where the new OPEX lands. When's that ready? Two, three months, just okay. to get all the numbers together. Okay. So yeah, and you know, I'm subject to the last work on the pilot uh, roast leach test work, which is happening now in the US. Right, so that's the long pole in the tent as it were. So you expect to be able to go out to market and give them some sense of the economics by what, mid-year? Yeah, and that'll, that'll give us an outline of that new economic paradigm, if you like, and also what the project physically will look like. There's a number of things we can do around that, which will also give us an idea of how much the capital can change. And then at least the investor going into the second half of the year understands where we will you know, draw the final dots on the equipment side. So I've been reading through a lot of your news releases and so forth, and there seems to be a lot of, uh, there's a few JVs in there, there's an LOI, there's agreements, there's conversations with lots of different parties. And we talked last time about conversations with strategic partners on the on the capital and on the technical side of things. So you're talking to lots of people, lots of pe th things are happening, but can you just join the dots up for me? Because it, you know, it feels, it feels like a bit of a science project at the moment because it's a very technical uh, project. I need you to help me understand where the commercial component comes in. Because you, you said at the beginning, it's possibly because the stage we're at that we're not seeing the reflection in the share price. But it also seems to me it, it almost feels too technical for people to comprehend what it is this jigsaw puzzle that you're piecing together is going to look like. Can you paint a picture for me? What is it that you're trying to build? Okay, so the, 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 process, the, the objective for us, again, is to confirm our, our ability to operate this plant effectively with a very high yield, because we look at the other projects for comparison, at a cost that'll last through all operations, right, through all states of the, of the, of the, of the um, commodity cycle. Who are you so trying to prove that, that to, Vincent? Yeah. Who are you yeah. trying to prove that to? You say we're trying to prove we can we run this. We have to prove that to ourselves, because we have to know that we can do it. 
Now, the external market ha will have to decide whether that's valuable or not, okay? Um, and the capital cost has to be something that they can live with. Now, we know that that's a very hard number. So those two numbers for us, the operating cost and the capital cost, are what we have to be able to project to the external parties. Now, by that, I mean our existing shareholders, um, new shareholders who want to be involved in the space to know that we're going to get this done. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain something I, I think I've seen in a second. Um, our offtake partners. So you saw we did the deal with Hebei. That's a starting point of a quite a short process in this particular case. Uh, coronavirus notwithstanding, we have a very tight timeline with them to work towards a offtake agreement. Um, and they're a big player in the Chinese space. We like who they are and what they represent. They want to be involved and they can be involved at a technical level and also at a offtake level and at a capital level if all of that matches up. So that's how we get the project built, okay. um, right? So we're trying to get a picture together that someone who will help us fund the project will find acceptable. So that's Hebei is the strategic partner, you think, on potential, well, clearly offtake you've talked about, but also potential capital funding as well? Yeah, yeah right. we've had three discussions, four discussions with them. Uh, and in the announcement, we talk about technical support, uh, possibly technical design and supply of technical materials at lower prices we get in, in the West. Uh, we've got offtake and sale of both iron, calcine, vanadium, and, and other vanadium products in there. And then we've got investment as an, as an option in there as well. Okay, so that's really important. So let's talk about that. Uh, currently, it's an LOI. It's, it's, you haven't yes. gone any further than that, right? So LOIs are quite quite loose. What have they told you they need to see from you and the project before they move through to something a little bit firmer than an LOI? We, we've decided we'll move through to that next stage with them uh, with what we've got. After they do the due diligence on the PFS work we've done and the updated work on the technical pilot that we've done, because that's where they're, they're very technically orientated. Mm -hmm. And they build and run their vanadium plant. Obviously, they're very, they're seriously expert people. Um, they've been doing this a lot longer than most, and in arduous conditions. And so they, they really, we were very impressed by their ability to assess and offer help. Um, and I think that that will give them the ability to make that next call. But, but what does that mean? What, what precisely are they asking you for? So far, want, you just told me they want to be involved, but why? What do they need to see? They want, they'll want to see the technical results of the pilot and look at the previous work we've done on the DFS. That's what they wanted to see. So but, the technical results of the pilot give them confidence that they can start to deliver the next phase of involvement with us. And what's technical? I don't know what technical means. You know, you've, you've talked about, okay. you talk about high grade. So tell me specifically what you're going to be able to give them, what they're okay. asking for. Almost all the Vanadium people that we would talk to that are potential investors are at the technical level. And I say technical, I mean people who've run Vanadium plants or are interested in the commodity outcome. Want to know that this thing's going to work and work within the confines of their understanding of an existing operating plant. So they're very, un, they're very comfortable with the, the type of technical processing we've chosen to use. Where we're innovating, they want to understand that we've tested it and that we've we understand what it's going to do and what product it'll produce at the end and how much it'll cost to do that. So when I say technical, I mean understanding that this guy in the room has made lots of vanadium. So Todd, Todd's made lots of vanadium in his life. He's been involved for all his career. Daniel's made a lot of vanadium in his life. So we're sitting in a room with 20 Chinese guys that have been making vanadium all their lives. 
and that technical interchange between believing each other that what Todd says and what they understand is, is, is together. And they say, okay, if you can show us that, we know that you're the right sort of guy to build this mine and deliver the product that they want. Right, so have your conversations with regards to the capital component, they're on the basis that the existing management team will build this thing out, should they, should they decide to, because like you're a long way from that, right? Should they <clears throat> decide to finance you partially, finance you, you're the team that they want to keep in place. Depending on the way, you don't know how the capital lands in the end, because you're going to, if the guy comes in and wants to help you build it, he's then part of the part of the solution as well. So I think that's what they really see as an opportunity. But you have to be able to give them the confidence that your team can, can finish the job. And that's true of all investors, uh, whether they be a Chinese company or a fund in London. So they want to know that your team's got the capability. And we certainly have that. Uh, it's a case of getting and, and it does, I hate going back to the technical comment, but this is, this is, there's only four operating mines, you know, three operating mines in the world that do this and, and the handful of plants. And you want some people on there that can, can get the job done on, on the tech, on the vanadium processing side. Seems to me that given that these guys, you know, like I, say, I keep saying, you know, you're, you're, we're quite far removed, but let, let's, let's say it all works out over the next couple of years and you can, you can show along each stage that the project is interesting. It's interesting technically, but it's also with regards to the, the, the grade, um, the metallurgy, etc. These guys don't need you, really. You just told me they've got years and years of experience. What's that mean for the company if, if that was the case? Would you sell the, sell the asset? If they're involved in the offtake of the assets and they want to own the asset and they've put all the money in, I suppose that gives them the right to own it entirely if they wanted to. Um, that's just the way things go for all junior companies. I think if you if you do the job, you do a good job, you might do yourself out of a job. That happens a, long, a lot of times. So um, as long as you're – the objective for us um, is we have to, as a, as a board, as a company, we have to create value for our shareholders. And if we, if we do that by getting this project into production, um, you just have to look at the metrics of those other two companies, even as they stand. If we can do that with a minimum of exposure and, uh, and dilution to those shareholders as much as possible, but at least giving them a result at the end that is valuable to them as investors, whether they stay in or leave, then our job is, is what it's there for. We are there to create value for shareholders. And as long as we keep that in our minds every single day uh, and not our own where we end up as as people, um, our success will carry with us if we get it right. Okay. It's fine, we'll go and do something else. But we, we at the moment, we'll, we'll pursue it to its to its natural end, which is to get it done. Okay, well, let's step back to today. So you're not, you're, your funding doesn't get you funded through to complete DFS. So at what point do you think you need to step back into the market to fund the completion of that DFS, of a DFS? So the, our, our funding requirements will be settled around our timing of spending on the work we're doing now and the work we need to get done there. Obviously, we'd like to get a strategic partner to help us with that funding. It's non-dilutionary. That is really our number one objective. And, and obviously, our Chinese friends and other discussions we're having would be around that. I mean, a project equity position uh, that we could in, involve or trade off with some offtake would be fantastic. But that's, you know, that's, uh, that's always a longer discussion. At least we've got a few irons in the fire there with some bigger players. Great. Um, but in the meantime, we will look at making sure that we're funding the company in the best non-diluted way. The only way to do that is to keep our share price going up by delivering milestones um, that we can deliver. So keep growing the resource, which we've indicated we're working on 
um, keep delivering up, you know, uh, milestones around the technical improvement of recoveries. But people like deals. So if I can unfold more and more um, discussions with strategic partners, I will be doing that. Obviously, the vSAN side and the battery side is a very interesting part of that equation, generating value from uh, this very, very opportune energy storage space we see around us. And let, let's, and let's come back to that. Let's come back to that, Vincent. I, I do want to talk about that, but let, let, I just want to stay with, okay, just want to finish off the answering the question, which was, okay, I, yeah. you've answered one of two, which is you've got optionality on the table because you've got lots of discussions and you will continue to deliver technically to give you the right to, you know, check in on the on, on those options, you know, with the, with the different people that you're talking about for, for funding. The second bit was timing. What, what is the timing on this? You say it's a two-year process, you're saying, through to being able to st start completing a DFS? No, no, no. So we, we, we're, well in the, we're well down the path of getting involved with it, hence the overuse of the term technical. If you're in okay. the middle of DFS, put your life, you hear it every day. But we've, I've mentioned there we would look at, um, at project, uh, off-take-related project funding, my central ob objective is to make sure that we can achieve that. That is the the most non-dilutionary way of getting funds into the company, and also locking in the offtake, and also securing our friends uh, that are looking at larger, large the bank, the, the credit side, the bank side of things. They'll be more happy with us when we've done that. If 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 we go and achieve that in in the time frame of six to twelve months, then we have to look at normal capital raising opportunities. Now we're reaching a point now where pure equity is obviously our shareholders have been very good they've been very patient we'll always go back to them where possible um, and we feel that that is always going to be a good thing for us to do with such a large shareholder base uh, we've, we've been successful with them in the past um, and then we have the work we're doing in the with the London funds Singapore Hong Kong uh, for what such that it is uh, and in Germany we've started doing work more work in Germany recently because we have a number of German shareholders in our register, but tapping into um, equity funds um, to reach us that bit. There's some very good value equations for us that we can show them. So equity funds from that, those environments will be something we will normally look. And that, if that's between a six and 12 month period, that's where it is. Okay. You talked in July about a listing in London by March this year. What's happening? Um, we've probably parked it a little bit not because of any particular reason other than we want to get a lot of this technical work out the way. And that's probably the feedback from the people we saw in London. Come come to us with a fate accompli and it's going to be much easier, which is good. So let's get that done. Um, we have been looking at the um, energy side of things as well a little bit. So, um, you know, we, we've got to just look at the landscape. We'll, we want to be there. We haven't changed our views that we think that the Australian market is, is still a very difficult market in some ways. And I think there's quite a few moves afoot. You'll know more than I do about what's happening in your own market. A bit of deregulation might come. Uh, you might divorce yourself from some of those terrible, the big fat documents of, uh, that, relate, that tie you to the European Union. So you might be able to generate a bit of excitement in your market, which is great. So we do want to come. We just probably put that aside a bit to, to get a bit more meat to offer when we do come in. Okay, but your, your idea that what you're saying there is whether, whether it's Germany, Switzerland, UK, wherever you're looking to have more conversations over here with retail for a potential 
equity raise at some point after the six, 12 months work, technical work that you're doing. We want to finish the job and you know, you can't hold your hands tied. Um, what you don't want to do is stop at this point. We think the Vedanti market is strong. We know we've got a very, very large opportunity here to get it done as a project. We're well down the track. We're not going to, we're not going to let something stop us. Um, ideally, we got the right partner involved, and uh, and we can do it in the best possible way. We have, we will continue to deliver on those technical successes that give us um, some traction with the funds, the resource, the resource funds. And I think when we first spoke, Matt, we talked about why I was coming to the UK and and the fact that there are more resource funds there that have more of a longer term view and understanding rather than a short retail view that you might see here in this market. I think, well, I think that's true of certain size of companies, but, you know, I don't know the junior stage. So, you, you, you know, if you did a bit more work and got a bit more of an understanding about, you know, what your economics were, I think you open up a few more doors for sure. Um, one of the other things you talked about last time was the environmental component. Where are you with that? Uh, our application process, we have not submitted yet. Um, and the reason we've done that is that the EPA here, I might have mentioned this before, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but the EPA here wants to see the project you will build. Uh, if you go keep going back to them with a revised plan, they will they will mark you down when it comes to their evaluation. So because we've been considering the move post PFS, we've been considering finalizing our definitive view is moved to our processing plant at Geraldton with the lower gas price, we've, we've not submitted but when we do submit we want to make sure that that's the box we want to get and, and as a result we want to minimize their evaluation period so we're confident that we'll put that in later this year and we'll have a year's evaluation period so um so like like our and that is that remains our key timeline so it doesn't matter what we do with any of our studies and our other study work the key timeline for delivery of the project or turning the sod whatever you want to call it, is going to be our environmental approval, which we think is coming in about June to September of 2021. Right? That's where we think it'll, it'll be. Okay, and, so that, and that really confines the project start date. So I'm hoping at around September of 21, we'll be getting in there with the digger and, and turning these over. And by then, it gives me time to go and get the funding that I need. Okay, so, so you said get the digger in there. You think you can, you can break ground? But June 2021. Yeah, that's what our plan would be. Our current plan is to do that. Make sure we can be breaking ground, fully funded, to go and finish the job at that point. Will you? Can that's you, my objective. Obviously, that's why. Yeah, and, and and we have conversations with lots of CEOs where their objectives are in, in their head. One thing, <laughs> the market says another. So oh. you could technically break ground June 2021. But how do you get finance in place without the EIA? I know we would never have funded anything without the environmental in place. So do you have that ready, locked and loaded, ready to go once the EIA comes back through to you? It's all conditional? Yeah, it'll be conditional, I'm sure. I'm sure no bank or, or other institution will be giving it to us then, but it'll be subject to that. But we want to make sure we've done all our homework, get all our relationships in place um, and prove all our other work up to that time. That'll be conditional on those things. And what, what do you think? Things that we, yeah, and so talking of hopes, what do you hope you can get your CapEx down to, from 350 down to what? I mean, how do I explain that? We've looked at the optionality around that um, is the things we've, when we move to Geraldton, we give ourselves quite a lot of room, right, to, to maneuver. So um, one option is staging. 
right? We could stage the project. So we're looking at that. I'll, I'll, I can be clearer on that later. That helps us. That may be technically infeasible, it might not, but it, it's something we would closely look at. Um, and obviously the work we've done on the on the calcining, on the, on the roaster, uh, the roasting of the ore, this particular body of work is really centered around uh, higher efficiencies through the kiln using the pelletizing process. The kiln itself in that process is slightly smaller. Um, and because we can achieve a higher throughput, we could, in theory, we could actually lower the size of the thing to get the same amount of vanadium amount. So we our first price, if we split it, for example, might be around the Vermetco's current production as stage one and then LIGO's size of production for stage two. So that's where we want to be. But if you built that into the into the costing thing, at least you'd have the optionality. Can you can you so we, that's, give, give me give me a number, Vincent? Give me a number and then tell me what you think that could do for your IRR. You know, in an ideal scenario, I'm trying to give people a sense um, of the work that you're doing, which is, as you say, you're doing a lot of technical work, and it's confusing for some people. So we're going to go from 350, which is IRR of X, but we think we can get that down to Y, which gives us an IRR of Z. So what, okay. what's that look like? Back of envelope, right? Please. And I'm specifying because I'm talking to you on a public forum. Back yep. of envelope and without any without anything, if you dropped it a hundred, right, hundred million, okay, then you would be able to but you but you're then creating a situation where your OPEX might go up for a couple of years and then you'd build a second arm. Okay, that's just a scenario. But that's a big number and we can and we, we, we'll work towards things like it. What we're currently doing is using is doing a lot of work around that, also incorporating uh, debt funding and remember we've got different levels of debt funding. Great thing about um, Australia right now, we've got opportunities to get three or four percent money from someone like Naif to help fund that. You start to build both debt funding and staging in, and it starts to look pretty good. Okay, well, that gives us a sense of the quantum that you're looking for the site because, you know, some again, we talk to CEOs, they're polishing the DFS, they're polishing the DFS because the whatever commodity they're in is in. You know, it's in, in all-time lows or whatever, and they come back and say we've saved twenty million on a four hundred million dollar project. No one cares. So no, no, you've you got to make it then. Right. Okay. So that's what you're that's what you're you're trying to do. Okay. So um, that's okay. We haven't yet. We that's one aspect. The staging gives us an opportunity. But also, but the um, the technical improvements on the roasting technology, which reduce the gas, reduces the potential size, etc. That gives you opportunities there. Uh, we can see very real opportunities in our work so and they, they're not just technical to use the word they are they will manifest themselves in operating costs and capital cost reductions okay have you been approached by any other juniors wanting to partner up with you could be again something we're seeing a lot if you've got a bit of cash people are coming and have little conversations with you um i think the vanadium thing is quite a small world and we know where everyone is and what they're doing um, the companies that don't have a vanadium magnetite type, no magnetite deposit, um, are struggling to define themselves, or they've got a very low grade one. They're struggling to define themselves. Um, you know, where, where have they been? And, and this is where the greatest king story comes in. Um, so I think that field will narrow to think to people who've got a good, large, high grade deposit that'll last for a, a generation. That's and, and and that puts us squarely in that box. But if you've got something different, you've got to then innovate differently on the processing side or it's a byproduct or whatever. So no is the answer to that question, the short answer. Do I want to partner with people who are existing in already in the industry? Absolutely. Whether they be 
like the, our Chinese friends or other producers, I'm more than interested in doing that. And I think we have very good relationships with all these people. So we'll continue to work with them because I think there's, I think there's a lot of synergy in that. Um, you know, there's, we know the players in the vanadium space. They are natural investors in vanadium, right? Because they're all in it and they understand it. And that's why we've, we've been gravitating towards those people. Okay. There are, there is one other group of people I find very interesting to, to work with. Um, those are people in the iron ore space. Um, we know some big players in the iron ore space and medium sized players. Uh, we think that there's a natural synergy between people who supply iron ore to the Chinese markets and, 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 and ourselves. I think that um, somewhere in the mid tier of iron ore producers or even in the small end of iron ore producers, there's probably opportunity to work with people because there's a, a strong synergy with what we do. Uh, and I think we can add a lot of value to, to an organization in that space. For sure, for sure. When's the last time you bought shares? In my own company? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. in someone else's company. Your company. Uh, there we go. Sorry, I thought that might be the question. That's okay. Um, I got in so much trouble last time for selling some to pay the tax man. Um, in the last, uh, that's probably the last time, so I'm still out of the water. I've got to get back in again. Yeah, Please, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Yeah. Let me let me know when you do. Good. Okay. Sorry, everyone gets to know, man. I know, I know. The trials and tribulations of running a public company. Every, everyone's allowed to see all the information all of the time. So, Vincent, brilliant to catch up with you. Um, like I said, I know you guys know what you're doing. Um, just make it easier for people to understand what you're doing. This, you know, painting this picture is really, really important for the marketplace. So. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you're getting on, especially around some of these deliverables. Um, could be a good year for you if, if you can deliver within the six to 12 month time frame. So I look forward to hearing from you. Now, Matt, great. We, we'll focus on that messaging and that's a good message to take from you and, and from the way you do things. I think that we, we do spend a lot of effort in here massaging that message, not, not to change it, but to make sure it's clear. Like we'll write something down and we'll literally workshop it here in the team and make sure have we said, have we missed saying something that people might misinterpret? So we are spending a lot of effort trying to get that message clearer and, and we'll, we'll consider it a, a, a really a body of work to continually improve the communication so that people are in no doubt, whether they, whether they like it or not, what we've said, um, we'll hope that we can make it clear to them what we're trying to say and keep the word technical out of too much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.